They say your mind is the seat of power. They say your mind is the place where you think every hour. They say your mind makes you grow and even soar as a power. And you've heard that in churches, in preachings, in teachings, and in, I'm sure, most times from motivational speakers and from people that tell you, grow your mind, think big, act big, believe big, see big, rule big, and be big. Everybody wants to be big, and yet, it seems the scenery before us is small. It seems everything is dull, and even the weather condition seems dull. It seems everybody just make me survive. Now, if the nation don't keep us, anyhow in being now, we go just try. Anyhow, we today pass, now we just pass. And that's become the normalcy of people's living right now in this part of this country because I'm practically sure some parts may be worse or better, depending on the situation. But right now, what about you? Because let's ask ourselves the question, you personally, have you tried to say, okay, can I be better than the situation? Have you sat down and asked, how will I? You look at the odds and you look at the events and say, okay, the odds are there. We won't deny the fact that there are odds. The situation is bad. We know the economy is bad. We know the country is bad. We know the leaders are bad. We know. But what about the events? Do you have an eye? Do you have an eye? Yes, I have. Do you have a hand? Yes, you have. Do you have a mouth? Yes, you have. Do you have a gadget to use on the internet? Yes, I can. You don't have a gadget, but you have a means of doing it. Yes, you can. Then how will I? Look at your passion. Look at what you can do first. You. If it's to shout too much, man, go and shout. Let people know she's a shouting person. And you can use a shouting and talk on advertisements. Different maybe radio stations can implore you to pay you for shouting. Because it has become some people's professions. So that we'll stop depending on the economy of Nigeria and the government that's not helped us and ask ourselves, are we helped ourselves? Before we depend on the big man in the seat, that has to look over 200 million and maybe in the census here, number 1 million, 245. So before he thinks of the number one man in the census, man, before he reaches you, I'm sure you'll be waiting 10 years. And it's 10 years, 4 years. Let's say he does second term. So that's why he doesn't reach you, even though he may have you in his mind. But you're in the census, and sorry, you are the lowest. Because maybe your side is south-south. So check what it means. You are south, and you are now south again of the south-south. So you are down. So before it starts from the north, which is the first, I reach the east, they reach you. And that's why it seems as though we are protesting for what we have. Before it reaches you, man, you spend your passes, a new one comes, and a new one comes. But when you depend on God, who created both the south and south, east and say, said, they are equal in my eyes, they are in my palms. He doesn't need to look down. He just looks at his palms and sees you. He does like this, and it's like, oh, that's your name there, how are you? I'm sure if you hold your palms in your face, now you can see every line of it without being like this or going to the door. You just close. Okay, I want to look at where you are. Okay, yeah, yeah, how are you? That's how God looks at us every day that we wake up. Every day. But guess what? His will is not your will now. You have forgotten. 
you want a car and God doesn't walk by time. You tell him, God, I want a car in three months. He asks you, what is three months? Because he doesn't rule by time, he's eternity. He rules in the planes of eternity, not timely. God is timeless. So he doesn't tell you, God, I want a car around 5.30. He tells you, please, in my time, there's no 5.30 in the evening. It's on earth, there's evening and morning the first day. In the heavenlies, there's no evening and morning, there's only day. No night. So in God's kingdom, there's nothing like night. That's why he doesn't sleep now. Those people used to say, God never sleeps or slumber. How can he sleep when he's always day? Night is for sleep, day is for work. And God is always a walking, doing God. So that you change your theology away from God. If God sleeps, everybody will fall. How? It's an impossible thing that God will sleep. It's impossible. That's all. Just like you can, God cannot lie. It's impossible. That's how life is. So that most people will see God as a father, not as one deity that stays in heaven and looks and says, I am my and the father, you are my children. It's inside every one of us that says we are children of God. He lives in you. He walks in you. He talks through you when you give your heart to him. And not when you say, I give my life to Jesus, become my Lord and Savior with your mouth. Man, confession is made unto righteousness when it's done from the acceptance from the heart. You only do forgiveness prayers to God. That doesn't mean this morning, some 30 minutes ago, I might have done something out of righteousness. I might have grieved God. I might have pissed him off. But guess what? That doesn't mean I should continue to sin that grace may abound. But what it means, I come back to and say, Daddy, I'm sorry. I'll repeat this action I did. Help me not to do it again. If not, we'll be living by fearful Christians that are not lovers of God, just scared of his anger. I will be following the same religion people are following. There's one scary God that we have to do. Father. He's not Father. He's our Father. Who was in heaven. But that's when he was in heaven. No? And he's still in heaven. My spirit is inside you. So you talk through Jesus to the Father. Now, when Jesus was praying there and he was talking directly, so you, then his name was not glorified. So the disciples cannot say our father through Jesus was in heaven. They can pray directly to the father because Jesus was there. But now Jesus has gone, he has sent his spirit. So we pray through his spirit that confessed Jesus. Because the Bible says spirit that confessed Christ to the father. That's prayer. And we don't need to depend on a, on a monument or a person to pray. We depend on him. Ooh, we have direct access because the veil has been torn open via his death on Calvary. So we don't need to depend on our pastors and bishops for prayers to God. Papa, my son is sick. Pray for him. I don't understand. Can't you lay your hands and say in the name of Jesus, be you saved. And believe in the name that you said. And it's Christ that heals, not Papa. Papa can never heal one person. One. He has no power to heal one person. Not one. Self, not half. He can never. He's a human being. The only thing that gives him the power is the name that he confessed with. Except he uses a different name. And that different name gives temporary healings. Very temporal. The sickness will return in double in seven folds. Because guess what? When you cast out a demon and it sees an empty house, it returns with seven more worse than itself. The Bible said so. So for those that feel everybody is a man and a woman of God that uses diabolical powers to cast out spirits, sorry, they did what they call temporal removal. They call it bail. 
you will return back with more hardened criminals. And sorry, your case will be worse than how it was before. And that's why you need a second pastor that is stronger than the first one, thinking whether it's the pastors. Not knowing that there's a name that's above every other name. Not even your pastor's name through which you might be saved. And that name is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He's there now. Just shout his name and believe. You may not see the miracle now because God doesn't work by time. But you believe. And blessed are those who have believed, for it shall be appointed to them who believed, the Bible said. So that we stop becoming deifying pastors and bishops and believing they are the link to God. Christ is the way, not Papa is the way. And so that we stop giving coronations to their words and give coronation to him who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So that we see them as having flaws because they have flaws, they are so imperfect. They are even worse than you, I'm practically sure, because the heart of man is desperate. That's how the Holy Spirit works in them and they yield themselves to the Holy Spirit to work in them. If not, those men are worse than you. What they do, you cannot imagine it in your life. If they spill out their beans, you might vomit. But literally, let's honor Jesus so that we'll stop putting our hearts to pastors and put our hearts to Him who created you. Because guess what? Because Jesus who created you. The Bible said His word became flesh. And it's their words that things came into manifest. Through the words of God, things came into creation. Christ created all things. So if you don't know that just Jesus who created everything, then you should know it today. And that's why when the devil came to tell him, please, I'll give you the everything in the world. That's when Jesus looked at the devil and said, you don't know who you're, you're made. I created you. And you're telling me you give me who I, what I created. How? Please, that's why he told him, honor the Lord your God. And in him shall you serve. Honor me. I'm your boss. Bow before me. That's when the devil left him. Because if that's when he knew his right. He was doing, it is written, it is written. And the devil had to mess up. And just had to tell him to his face, I am God. Worship me. I created you. That's how we should talk to the devil. We did not create the devil, but we have power over the devil. Because by the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Not some. So for those that are scared of doing, I declare to my body in the name of Jesus, behold. And the sickness is still there. I say, oh God, no day. Sorry, there's God. There is God, though. Big one for that matter. And he doesn't work by time. He works by his time. To show his glory, not your glory. So that you will stop raising up buildings in the name of churches and receiving many into hell. Because that place is getting full every day. It's so full. Very full. I'm sure they are even giving new space. For hell. But the truth is that it's not about the place. Hell is not even the place only. Hell is your state of mind first. A lot of people are entering into hell every day in their minds. Going out from heavenly place, which is peace in Christ Jesus. And that's why the space is increasing. And from the state of your mind in the hell, you enter into the actual hell. Place kept, they call it outer darkness in the Bible. So for those that think it's only stealers, killers, abominable people that will go up in hell and those that wear trousers and wear earrings and anything done out of faith is sin. So for those that say, ah, 
these are the target of people that will go to hell. I ask you a simple question. Are we doing hell message? Or we are doing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? So that we stop preaching hell as an heaven when I preach the love of Christ that pastor all understanding. Because when you love Jesus, you end up where he is. There's not two ways about it. You know where he is. It's in heaven. You end up there now. If you don't love Jesus, you end up in your dancer where he's not. There's no two ways about it. Nothing like you do this to do this that you end up in hell. Those are conditions. Like we don't work by conditions in the kingdom of God. We work by three things. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them all is love. So if you love God, you are in his kingdom. And loving God means hating those things he hates. So find out the things your father in heaven hates. And don't do it. Not what pastor said God hates, because maybe that's what God hates in his life. But what about your own? Ask God directly. Rupa, what do you hate in my life that you don't want me to do? And he will tell you through the spirit inside of you. If not, you end up following pastors and don't follow Jesus. God bless you. Have a lovely day.